What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Engage 8 Podcast. I'm your host, Zach, with my two co-hosts, Josh and Mike. Today, we're going to be going over the Monday Night Football game, the Eagles and Seahawks. It was actually a really close game. We're looking forward to getting into it. And we're going to preview Week 16. Really sucks that the NFL season's coming to an end, or at least the regular season. But postseason, it's looking pretty nice. Before we get into everything, I just want to say we'd really appreciate it if you like and subscribe. we got all of our socials in the description down below. And we've got our Spotify link in there as well, if you prefer an audio format. So now that we got that out of the way, you want to get us into some Monday Night, Josh? Yep, Monday Night Football. A lot of controversy on who was going to be the quarterback. As we were recording the last episode, it was going back and forth between Drew Locke and Geno Smith. They ended up going with Drew Locke uh, for this game, and it worked out for them. He led them to a 90-yard game-winning drive uh, to beat the Philadelphia Eagles uh, at home. Uh, I thought this was going to be a tough game for the Eagles going in just because, I mean, I did think Geno Smith would be playing, but uh, just going into Seattle in prime time is always tough. Pete Carroll had the boys ready. Jalen Hurts, another disappointing game, 143 yards. He did have two picks. Don't know if you really want to completely blame him for both the picks, but regardless, at least one of them. Um, 143 yards passing is poor. Uh, he ran the ball well. He had 82 yards on the ground, so he was pretty good there. Swift had an okay day as well. Uh, but overall, Eagles continue to lose third straight now, and they're just not playing great football overall. Uh, but luckily for them, the Cowboys did also lose this week, so they're still tied for first of the East right now with the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys currently have the tiebreaker, but they played one more division game, so that would make sense. Uh, but regardless, the Seahawks get a huge win, move up to 7-7, seven and seven, keep themselves in that race in the NFC, and the Eagles are slipping and opening the doors for uh, other teams to make a push at that one or two seed. Yeah, the Eagles have been very underwhelming as of the last month. They played some really solid teams, but in a game where they had a chance to bounce back against a weaker defense in Seattle, they just couldn't get it done. It was mainly Hurts just being a little inefficient through the air and just being a little out of rhythm with some of his uh, with some of his weapons. But like you said, Josh, he was really solid on the ground. He got a couple of touchdowns, tush-push style. Swift felt like he was starting to get back into a groove after a couple slow games. And unfortunately, A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith, they weren't that big of uh, of factors. It was mainly just Seattle uh, just blanketing those two, knowing that they were the biggest threats, and they just made them pay for it. But on the other hand, it was basically Kenneth Walker who made a lot of the big plays for Seattle. He kept moving the chains on third and shorts, second and medium. He was getting a lot of first downs. He was, he was phenomenal this game, and he was the driving force behind a lot of the early down uh, success. JSN, he did catch that uh, game-winning touchdown on a beautiful route and a catch from on a throw from Drew Locke. It was all hands. It was fantastic. And knowing that I wanted him on the Bears prior to the draft, or at least prior to the trade back from number one, it, it makes me smile knowing that he is having some success, even as the third option. Drew Locke, he did just enough to get them to win. There were a couple instances in the first half and even in the third quarter where he just was not on the same page with his targets, but he got it done in the end. Seattle, they this was a game I expected them to lose, but they ended up pulling out a win and keep themselves firmly in the wild card race. Yeah, they're definitely in the wild card race. Uh, you can kind of see this coming all game. The Eagles just couldn't get enough going on offense. They were bad passing the football. Hurts really had to do most of his work running the football. Had 82 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns. Um, but you could kind of see it coming all game. The Seahawks kept it close enough. Uh, got the chance at the 92-yard game-winning drive. Targeted James Bradbury a lot on the drive. And it worked out for him. JSN catching the game-winning touchdown. Like you said, Zach, Kenneth Walker had a great game. 86 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. 
the Seahawks team, they knew they had to go and win this game to keep their playoff hopes really alive. No Geno Smith, and they went out and did it. So credit to them and the Eagles. You you got to figure something out here soon because you're not playing good football. You're not looking like a very well-coached team. Um, you got to figure something out before the before it's too late. Yep, and we don't have any other sports that we're going to discuss uh, between the preview and the uh, Monday Night Football recap that we just did today. Uh, later on in the next few episodes, we will have a time where me and Mike sit down and talk some college hoops. Uh, so if you're looking forward to that, we will not be doing that today, but we will get to it soon enough. Um, moving on here, though, for the week preview, uh, Thursday Night Football Saints at Rams. Uh, per Adam Schefter, just a few moments ago, Chris Olave will be playing uh, in this Thursday night game in L.A. Uh, huge! This is a huge game for the playoffs. Both teams sitting at that playoff race uh, right at that wild card border. The Saints, on the other hand, are trying to win their division uh, against a Tampa team that's starting to get hot. We'll talk about them here in a bit. But the Saints defense has to show up. I've been clamoring on it all year. They're up and then they're down then they're up and then they're down. You never know what you're going to see from them. They have been playing well and beating their inferior opponents the past few weeks, which is huge for them. They need to do that at this point in the year, uh, especially with trying to get their guys healthy as much as they can. The Saints red zone offense has been very bad all year, and the Rams red zone defense has been pretty solid all year. I think they're number 12 right now. Uh, and the Saints red zone offense has just been piss poor all season long. They have not been able to finish drives. They have to do that to beat this Rams team with their electric offense. Uh, the Rams also have a huge coaching advantage here with McVay. Overall, I just like the Rams more. They're at home, regardless of whether that means anything or not. Uh, they are at home. I'm going to take the Rams here. Yeah, with the Rams offense, I wish it was just so easy to say if you stop Kyron Williams, you're going to have a lot of success against getting to Stafford and forcing him to get the ball out quickly and just forcing him to make some tough throws. But they've got receiving weapons, too. So even if they do stop Kyron Williams, Stafford's probably going to find a way to get to the cup, Puka, even a little bit of tutu out. Well, I think he came out of concussion protocol this week. And like you said, Olave is going to be back or is expected to play, but I don't think it's going to have that big of an impact. I really like the Rams. If this was in new Orleans, I might think a little bit differently, but I think the Rams, their offense is on a roll right now. One of the best units in the league, especially running the ball. So I'm going with the Rams as well. Uh, Yeah, I'm going with the Rams as well. Um, I like the way this team has been playing. Uh, Saints have played six games against teams above 500. They are one in five in those games. They have not beaten those good teams. And since the bye week, Rams have won four or five. That only loss coming in a close game to the Ravens. Um, they've been averaging 152, 150 yards per game since week 10. Uh, with the run, that should come in handy against the Saints defense. That is 25th in stopping the run, um, giving up 126 yards per game. So I think Kyron Williams is due to have a big day, like you guys said. Uh, and the Rams are home. That's a long flight for the Saints to go all the way to Los Angeles. I think the Rams win this one. All right, moving on here to Bengals at Steelers, NFC or AFC North matchup. Uh, the Steelers are just in a dump right now. It's not looking good for them. Uh, they have not played well for a continuous weeks with no Kenny Pickett. It's looking like it's going to be Mason Rudolph this week. We heard from Tomlin. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see how he goes and if he can perform better than Mitch in this offense. I don't see that happening. Uh, the Bengals are playing pretty well right now, especially with Browning at quarterback. I like Browning more than Mitch. I like Browning more than Rudolph. Uh, so I think they definitely have the advantage in that category. Unfortunately for the Bengals, Jamar Chase is out. Uh, I heard he may be going on IR. I don't know. Uh, but regardless, he's probably not going to be playing in this game. 
uh, which is a big loss for Browning. They're going to have to rely on Mixon to get him going in the run game. I think they will. I think the Steelers always have a chance uh, when you're in Pittsburgh, uh, especially playing in the AFC North. They're going to want to win those games. Those are big games for the fans, or big games for the coaching staff, big game for the players. So I think it's going to be a good game, but I just like the Bengals better. Yeah, I like the Bengals as well. Uh, you did mention that Joe Mixon will probably be the driving force of this offense against the Steelers defense. I don't see the Bengals being able to run the ball successfully. It'll probably be a really low-scoring game, a really ugly game. Neither offense will probably be able to get anything going, especially with Jamar Chase being out and Pittsburgh being on their third quarterback, who is not a good quarterback at all, and their offense is just stagnant at best. Their receivers are just showing minimal effort. Their running backs, aside from Jalen Warren, just have not been able to get a lot of juice in the run game. Their O-line has been inconsistent. I don't see how Pittsburgh scores more than one touchdown, maybe a field goal or two as well in this. I think this could go similar to how the Colts and Steelers game went last week, where Pittsburgh might jump out to an early lead, and then Cincinnati just comes right back after digging their, uh, their heels in and just going on a run. So I'm going with Cincinnati, and I don't think it's going to be a really pretty game. I think you guys are forgetting one important factor in this game. This game is on Christmas Eve, and it seems like Mason Rudolph will be starting. Um, when has Rudolph ever underperformed on Christmas Eve? Uh, he's one of the greatest to do it. So Mason Rudolph, first start since November 20 of 2021. Um, the Steelers offense has been abysmal since their first week after firing Matt Canada, which they played the Bengals and looked very good. Um, they are 0-3 in those last three games, averaging just 265 yards per game and 13.7 points per game. Um, that's not good. If uh, you can't tell, it's very bad. When they did play the Bengals in that week after the firing, they had 421 yards. Uh, it was their best game. It was the only game they've gotten over 340 yards this year. I think this Bengals team is different, though. That was their first week, I think, after losing Joe Burrow for the season. Uh, Jake Browning's first start. I think this game is going to go a lot differently, although it is Rudolph playing on Christmas Eve. Um, Steelers defense will most likely not have Minka Fitzpatrick. They already lost DeMonte Kazi to the season-long suspension. And Jake Browning, he's looked more than competent enough. Uh, 418 yards per game in the past three weeks and 31.7 points. Uh, I'd love to pick Mason Rudolph to win on Christmas Eve, but I'm just not going to do that. I think Jake Browning is going to have another solid game, and I think the Bengals win this one. Right, moving on here. I'm watching the the highlight tape of the Lakers hanging their banner right now. It's just <laughs> distracting me in the background <laughs> here. But uh, Bills at Chargers. Uh, the Chargers are just a horrible dog shit team. Uh, they can't beat anyone at this point. They just let the Raiders hang 63 points in their head, so they're nothing to me at this point. Uh, the Bills, they're soaring, playing the best football they have all season. They finished the season with Pats, or sorry, Chargers, Pats, and Dolphins to end the season. That's two wins, and then a game against the Dolphins where We'll see how that one goes. That could be a that could go either way. I mean, we saw them. We saw the Bills dismantle them earlier in the season um, jo- when they weren't playing as well. Josh Allen just has to be careful these couple games leading up to the Finns game. You cannot turn the ball over a ton against the Chargers or the Pats. You cannot put your team in a position where they can lose because you do not need to be losing these games. You win those two games. You're sitting at ten and six with a chance to win eleven games if you beat Miami, who you already beat in Week 18. I think any Bills fan would have taken that if you told them that a month ago. 11 wins for this team where they were sitting at is huge. Puts them in a spot to get a deeper wildcard position than they thought. And I don't know. I mean, obviously, I like the Bills here. But, like, 
overall, the Bills are just putting themselves in such a good spot in their schedule. You win those tough games late, you get gifted some easy ones, and all of a sudden you're right back in the race. Yeah, we'll kind of – I'm going to allude back to something that you said uh, probably a couple months ago, Josh. One of these teams is trending upwards and one of these teams is trending downwards. I think that's exactly what we have here, Buffalo and the Chargers. Buffalo's they're looking phenomenal after a really, really good week against one of the NFC powerhouses and the Cowboys and the Chargers. They just they got dismantled and they really have nothing to hang their head on, hang their head on, whatever the saying is, uh, after that pitiful Thursday night performance. Buffalo, they it's a warm game. It's not like Buffalo's going into a cold place and the Chargers, they suck. So I, I expect Buffalo to win this one pretty, pretty easily. And yeah, this is an this is an unfortunate Christmas Eve game. Yeah, uh, Bills have had their struggles in away games this year. I have documented that, but I don't think that should matter at all in this one. Um, we saw James Cook really get involved last week in the run game. Chargers have not been great against the run. Their D line just gets bullied five yards off the ball. I think it'll be another big James Cook game. So if you have him in fantasy football in the playoffs, you are going to be ecstatic, most likely again. Bills now have a 72, I think, percent chance to make the playoffs. Um, I don't think Bills fans would have expected that a couple weeks ago, but now it looks like you're going in the playoffs and you're going in with a lot of momentum. Um, I think the Bills win this one pretty easily, and the Chargers, they've been looking forward to the offseason for a while. I'm happy that they'll finally get a game without Staley, though, so that'll be good for them. Yeah, it'd be hilarious if they won this game without <laughs> Staley. But um, moving on here, Lions at Vikings. Um the Vikings just have a lot of unsurety at quarterback right now. A couple weeks ago when the Lions were playing tough football, especially in the secondary, and Josh Dobbs was starting to have his moment and start to look good, I'm like, oh, God, these Vikings games later, they're going to mean a lot for them. They might mean a little bit less for the Lions, and they're starting to play well. The Lions are trending down. I'm not as worried about that anymore, uh, even in Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota has a quarterback situation, like I said, where I'm not worried about Mullins or how Dobbs is playing right now. Minnesota has a really bad red zone offense. Um, Lions have a bad red zone defense. That's going to be a big story in this one. If the Vikings can finish drives and put points on the board, put pressure on this Lions offense that, I mean, I'll get into the Lions offense in a bit, but they've had their struggles as of late at points. Regardless of those struggles, the Lions are still sitting at the number three offense in the league, the number eight red zone offense in the league. They're still one of the best offenses in the league, even when they're not playing well. And I think when they are playing well, you take out those outlier games. I'm not a statistician of any means, but I would assume they're probably closer to one. Um, So when they're playing their best football on offense and they have their full offensive line, they are a dangerous, dangerous team that any team that doesn't have a formidable defense should be worried about. I think the Brian Flores aggressive blitzing, uh, I talked about it in an article I wrote this week. I just think that the Lions offense being healthy, they're going to be able to stop any aggressive defense if they don't have massive, massive playmakers. And the Vikings do to an extent, but not to an extent that some of these other teams that like the Niners who they could play in the playoffs are. Um, I think the Lions are going to be able to pass it well. Goff is protected. One of the best quarterbacks in the game statistically when he has protection. When he's under pressure, that's when you start to see games like the Bears game where he was getting attacked and wasn't able to get the ball out or late in the Saints game or uh, the Packers game on uh, on Thanksgiving. Uh, where the, he struggled in all those games. He was under attack. He didn't have his full O-line. He now will have his full O-line once again, back-to-back games, and he should get a lot of protection. I feel good about the Lions being able to run the ball this game. One thing Jared Goff has done great this season is get the ball in his playmaker's hands. 
outside of Jameson Williams, but they worked on that this past week. I hope he continues to get three, four catches a game, at least get a ton of targets uh, as he should be because he's a game wrecker. He can absolutely take the top off any defense. Goff just has to hit him on those deep balls, which he struggled to. Um, but overall, I'm obviously taking the Lions here. This is a t-shirt and hat game. They win this game. They win the division. Um, and it would be sweet to do it in Minnesota. So. This is definitely a huge game for both teams. Minnesota, they're fighting for their playoff lives. And Detroit, they just want to cap off this division so they can rest a little bit easier while they fight for the seating within the, the top half of the NFC. And honestly, I see this as a huge opportunity for Detroit to just get their offense just rolling. If you go into the playoffs hot, you can really do some damage if you just outscore other teams, regardless of what your defense is doing. I personally think that Detroit wins this one probably by double digits. I think that their run game is going to kind of cancel out what Flores is going to want to do by sending pressure at golf. Good way to get rid of a blitz is to force his team to not blitz at all. And by do and by running the ball really well and just killing them in the, at the line of scrimmage, that is the perfect way to do that. I think Detroit wins this game and it's going to be a really good one for them. Yeah, um, Jared Goff maybe found a groove last week, had five touchdowns, no interceptions. He needs to limit the turnovers again this week if the Lions want to win. Um, I kind of am expecting a big day from Jamison Williams, to be honest. Uh, the trade was made with the Vikings for Jamison Williams, right, Josh? I think indeed. he's going to have a revenge game. Um, I think he's going to have a big game against the Vikings. Uh, it does like look like Nick Mullins will be the Vikings starter. Um Lions have to try to force him into it. Some turnovers can't let him carve you up. And the Lions are eighth in rush defense. I think they shut down Ty Chandler. Don't give up the run. I think Nick Mullins is going to have a rough day. So I think the Lions win this one pretty easily. All right, moving on here. Colts at Falcons. Uh, the Falcons are just a sad team after last week losing to the Panthers, who I'll talk a little bit about the Panthers later. I do want to discuss that. Uh, but they lost to the Panthers, nonetheless, a one-win team. The Colts are playing well. They got some momentum, killing the Steelers last week, 30-0 run. Uh, possibly could continue that this week. Um, but they're getting close to the playoffs. The Colts are right there. Uh, most Colts fans, I think, when AR went down, assumed that the worst for the season, that has not been the case. Um, Ritter at home, though, he can be dangerous, we know. Uh, he, sometimes he does some magical things at home and is not the same guy on the road. We've seen that all season from him. We've seen that his whole career. Uh, the Falcons O-line, I think they can give Ritter time, possibly shut down this Colts pass rush, who has been surprisingly pretty solid this season. Uh, if they can play well on the O-line and play well in the trenches, I think they could win this game. Uh, the Colts are 25th in run defense. Uh, that plays really well into the uh, Falcons' hand. Hopefully they could give uh, Bijan the rock this game. It seems a lot of the games when Bijan gets no touches and Arthur Smith gets a lot of hate, it seems like the next game Bijan gets a ton of touches and they look great. I'm actually going to take the Falcons in this one and take Ritter at home. Honestly, this this was probably the toughest game for me to pick. I really like what the Colts are doing, how Gardner Minshew has been playing the last few weeks or so. But at the same time, Atlanta at home, like you said, Josh, Desmond Ritter is just, for the most part, phenomenal at home. It's it's a tough game. It The Colts get Jonathan Taylor back. I think this definitely pushes me in their direction. It's honestly a coin flip. I think when a rock with Indy, I like what Buckner and Stewart do up front, and I think Bijan is going to have a he's going to have a challenging day. It doesn't mean he's going to have a bad day. I think it's going to be a lot of the Falcons' success is going to have to come from him. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be enough, and I think the Colts just win this one. Yeah, it's a must-win game for the Falcons. Uh, Colts are five and two on the road. They've played better on the road. 
They're still fighting for the AFC South title. Um, Falcons defense has been good, especially in the red zone. That's going to be an important factor in this game. If the Colts get Jonathan Taylor back, their red zone offense should be a lot better. And hopefully Michael Pittman will be able to uh, clear a concussion protocol and be able to play this week. Colts have 14 takeaways in their last seven games, and they have only eight giveaways. That is something that has helped this offense and just team as a whole. Uh, when Gardner Minshew is able to limit the turnovers, this team is just so much better. And if that trend continues, I think the Colts will win this game pretty easily. Uh, I love the Colts' defense to actually shut down this Falcons' offense. I really don't think they'll be able to move the ball. Like I said, the Colts have been able to turn teams over a lot recently, and I think they're able to do that to Desmond Ritter again. We saw last week he had the very bad interception in the, end zone, in the red zone. Uh, I think the Colts win this one, hurt the Falcons' playoff odds. Um, and Shane Steichen is actually the new favorite for coach of the year. Um, who do you guys think, Scott? Who I think is going to win it? Yeah, coach of the year. Uh, I don't think they'll give it to Steichen because I think it's too. That's not flashy of a pick for them. I think they want a flashy pick. I don't think they're gonna go Campbell either. I don't know. Stefanski maybe. Ooh, um, Stefanski strictly because he they've been rocking with four quarterbacks and all of them have at least one win. It's a flashy move. He's won it before. I don't know. I'm trying to think of who else maybe they could give it D'Amico to. D'Amico Ryan's. D'Amico Ryan's would be D'Amico the Ryan's. only other one, but. McDaniel, if they get the one seed, that's true. Yeah, too. they got I mean, some options. There's no clear one like runaway winner. I mean, there really usually isn't for coach of the year. Usually, hasn't Shanahan has to be in that conversation too, just because they've looked so good all the time. Yeah, I'm rocking Steichen home. I mean, I'm not saying he shouldn't win it. I just don't think the. I, I just don't see that. Oh, he's definitely that. in the like conversation. He's definitely the yeah, I mean, He's a favorite. Yeah, is he the favorite? I checked yesterday, he's, and it was Campbell. Still, he's he's the new favorite overnight. Wow, that's interesting. Um, but yeah, we'll see who wins it. That one will come down to the wire, I bet, as it always does. It's always ends up being a debate at the end of the year. I'm just gonna pull it up here and see how it looks. Uh, it's under regular futures, right? Okay, I guess it's not season specials. Right here. It might yeah, not. I don't yeah. know. But- Bet MGM, but it was on. Uh, I think it was on points bet and something else. He was the new favorite. Hmm. Yeah, I got for some reason it's just not popping up here for me. Oh, here we go. Okay, coach of the year. Yeah, I still got Steichen on ESPN is the third favorite. It's Campbell two sixty, Ryan's two seventy, Steichen three hundred, Mike McDaniel six fifty, Shanahan eight hundred, Spansky nine hundred. So the six guys we named actually are the six favorites, which is pretty interesting. But yeah, I guess we just know. looking like yeah, I guess so. I mean, maybe if if the Jags choke the division, then maybe it comes down to whatever uh, coach wins that division. That's fair. I think that would be the fair assessment of it. But us at the same time, if the Lions went out. And they finish thirteen and four, and they beat the Cowboys and sweep the Vikings. If the Lions somehow snag like the two seed, I think Campbell would have to be like top three. It also oh, he's got to be top the, three. It would also depend on like if the Texans or Colts somehow pull away and win the division, and if the Jags fall off, or if either of the Texans or Colts just fall off or just somehow barely not make the playoffs. That'll probably have an impact on it too. Same yeah, with the Browns. Probably. 
Yeah, I mean, if if either Steichen or D'Amico Ryan's misses the playoffs, I think they probably take whoever misses and take them out of the race, and then whoever remains, right. it'll probably be between them and Campbell. I bet, unless the Lions lose out and finish eleven and six. But Stefanski at plus a thousand is crazy. That is that is pretty crazy. I I wonder why that is, but I, they yeah, went I mean, out. They beat the Texans. That that game might be huge for Coach of the Year, honestly. Yeah, Texans Browns this week. We'll get to that here in a little bit, but uh, moving on here, Seahawks at Titans. Uh, Seahawks are coming off a massive win. We just talked about it at the top of this episode over the Eagles. The Titans, on the other hand, played super poorly in the second half against uh, the Texans. They were really, really bad. Uh, the Texans came back with their back quarterback and won that game in Tennessee. Uh, Drew Locke's success, though, does make you think a little bit about Geno Smith. Uh, Geno Smith has never been the flashiest quarterback in, in this little tenure he's had with the uh, Seahawks. He just hasn't turned the ball over a ton. Uh, Goff, or sorry, not Goff. Drew Locke um, hasn't really done a ton to lose the Seahawks game so far. Like I said, they competed the pre- previous week against the Niners, which made me feel confident enough to bet them against the Cowboys. They ended up winning that Cowboys game. I think with Drew Locke, I think they still win this game. I think they can afford to give Geno Smith another rest game. As much as I love Will, I love Will Levis. I I want the Titans to win because uh, I'm just rooting that, rooting for them for him. But at the same time, this game just means more to Seattle. I don't know how the Seahawks lose this game. Yeah, Seahawks are fighting for the playoff lives right now. I've said that a few times already this episode. But as long as it still applies, I feel like I can't not use it. Uh, I just don't think Tennessee has the the personnel on defense, especially in their secondary, to keep up with all the weapons that Seattle has on offense. So I'm going with Seattle. Uh, regardless of who's at quarterback, I think Drew Locke, he'll probably – he'll play good enough. And Will Levis, it's uh, – I don't think he's at 100%. I think he's still dealing with that ankle sprain or something, so he might not be as mobile as he'd like to be in the pocket. But I also like Seattle's secondary a lot more to bottle up D-Hop, Traylon Burks, if he wants to try and take one over the top. But again, like all Tennessee Titans games, if Derrick Henry dominates early, this could turn one way or another. But if Seattle can bottle up Derrick Henry and use their new acquisition, Leonard Williams, to their benefit, then I think Seattle has this one easily. Yeah, Seattle should win this one. Titans have been better at home at the start of the season. That trend has not continued in recent weeks. They've lost their last two at home. Will Levis is questionable. He did not practice today on Wednesday. He didn't look very mobile at practice at all, but he said if he can go, he will go no matter what. So that's just something to watch. And Ryan Tannehill will start if Will Levis can't go. I got Seattle regardless. Like you guys said, they have more to play for. Um, Their running games look very good recently with Kenneth Walker coming back. Uh, Geno Smith, whether he plays or not, I really don't care. I think the Seahawks team, they are. they seem to get something going last week against the Eagles. I think that'll continue into this week. All right, moving on here to Commanders at Jets. Uh, Commanders offense has struggled. They struggled really badly with Sam Howell against the Rams defense. That is good, but they're not great. Um, They ended up having to put Jacoby Brissett in in that game, and he played well uh, late against the Rams, although the Rams were playing pretty soft. They were up by a lot at that point. Uh, The Commanders, I think their offense is going to struggle once again against this Jets defense. This is just that is just amazing. They're just a really, really good unit. I think the commanders lack a pass rush after trading their guys away is going to help the jets give whoever at quarterback, hopefully Zach Wilson, uh, a lot of time to sit back there and beat up on that weak commander secondary. Uh, the, the jets defense is just too good. 
uh, for me to pick against them here when the commander's offense isn't anything special. The Jets are at home in a cold weather game. Uh, I like the New York Jets here against the commanders. For me, this is another weird game to pick because the strength of each of the teams is going to be playing against each other. Washington, they I think you can easily argue their strength is their offense, especially after trading away their edge rushers at the deadline. It all depends on what Sam Howell we see. And, I mean, I like their weapons, but like you said, Josh, the Jets' defense is really, really good. They've been playing well all year, regardless of who's been playing quarterback for them. And this is going to be another gross game. I don't think there's going to be a lot of scoring. Trevor Simeon probably won't be able to move the ball very efficiently. If they will, it's going to be because uh, Brees Hall just starts finding those gaps and just hits them and breaks off a few 20-plus yard runs. But I don't see that happening. Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen are both super talented on the interior. And I just, I don't know. This is such a rough game to pick. You probably flip a coin for it. I think I'm going to go with the Jets just because their defense is probably going to get a few takeaways that will set them up in good enough field position to get their offense some points. Yeah, this is just a, a brutal game. Uh, I kind of have the same reasoning as you guys. Uh, there will most likely be no Zach Wilson at all. He has dealt with some pretty bad concussion symptoms, according to his mother. Uh, the commander's defense is currently the worst in the NFL right now. This Jets offense has been terrible, but maybe they won't look so bad. Uh, the commanders do give up the most sacks in the NFL. I think the Jets defense is going to dominate and win this game by themselves. I think it'll be low scoring. I think the Jets find a way to win it, but this is just this is going to be an unfun game to watch. Yeah, it definitely will not be. Uh, moving on here, Packers <laughs> at Panthers. Um, shocking stat, uh, Panthers defense is number three in total defense in the NFL right now. Third in passing, they're low on rushing, but they're three overall. Um, maybe that comes, their passing defense could come from the fact that they're always down and the other teams are running a lot, but third in defense is nothing to overlook ever, uh, in the NFL. The Panthers have a rookie quarterback. They're coming off a win against uh, Atlanta. They're playing. They don't have their first round pick, as we discussed many times. They're playing for nothing. They're trying to win these games because there's no reason for them to lose at this point. The Packers defense has been pretty poor uh, since the Lions game. They've given up a lot of yards, a lot of points, especially. I mean, they let Baker Mayfield dice them up uh, the last week. Uh, Panthers, both their wins came at home. This game is at home. No way. <laughs> the Packers' defense, run defense has been horrible all year. We've seen Chubba Hubbard come in in big spots and help out Bryce Young. If they can establish that run game early and let Bryce Young cook, I'm taking the Panthers at home here. That's just crazy. You're just trying to root against the Bears. <laughs> I, I mean, well, I, I, gave, I gave my reasoning. It, it wasn't coming from nothing. I, I, I a, guess, I but I don't know. I think Green Bay, they're getting a little bit healthier. They're fighting for a playoff shot. Uh, it's going to be – it's a long road ahead of them, but they've got a couple winnable games uh, to end the season with Carolina, Minnesota, who we don't know what we'll see every week, and then Chicago, who, God, I don't really want to talk about them anymore, but we will later. Uh, Carolina, they won barely last week in Green Bay. They kind of got diced by Baker Mayfield, but – I bet they don't want to see that again. I think Green Bay's defense kind of uh, straps it down a little bit. I think they'll get a lot of fans in there. Maybe Jordan Love's mom will show up with those 45-cent uh, uh, seats. So who knows who's going to show up? Probably barely anybody. Uh, I think Green Bay wins, and I think their run game is going to carry them in this one. I think Aaron Jones is a big game. I, yeah, um, I think Aaron Jones has a big game in this one. Um, I think it's going to be low scoring. Josh touched on his Panthers defense has been surprisingly pretty good. I just really, there's not much to reasoning to pick the Panthers at all. It's just hard. 
I don't blame you. I think they could win this in, win, <clears throat> win this game, but I just don't see it. I think Jordan Love's going to play good enough to win. Um, I think they get a lead early, and Jordan Love um, can continue to – he plays better when he's ahead, it seems, and continue that and not have to have a fourth-quarter comeback. So I think the Packers find a way to win this one. Step two of the plan to get the Bears out of the number one pick is this week. Step you just one don't want to see Caleb. Week. <laughs> hey, they win this game. They're, they just got to win one of the next two. Yeah, it's that's it. I can't that's lie. I will probably be freaking out if the Panthers somehow win this week. I'm telling you, they lose to the Jags next week. They beat the Bucks week 18. It's happening. All right. Anyways, moving on here. Uh, <laughs> Browns at Texans. Uh, Huge AFC playoff picture game here uh, for the Browns and Texans. We talked about it. Huge coach of the year possible game for whoever wins this one. Hopefully, CJ Stroud is back. We would love to see him back and playing. Although they did win uh, with backup quarterback last week against the Titans. Uh, They played surprisingly pretty well with Keenum in uh, in that second half. First half was tough, but they came back, did what they had to do in the second half. Their defense was a big reason why they won that game, shutting out the Titans in the second half. Uh, That was huge for them. Joe Flacco, I don't think it's... uh, Crazy to say he's been the best Browns quarterback of the season. Uh, he's been better than Deshaun. He's been better than both the uh, PJ Walker and DTR. Uh, he's been great. If the Texans can force turnovers, I think they'll win this game. Uh, Joe Flacco did turn it over a bit against the Bears last week, but the Bears defense has been pretty good. Uh, putting them in a situation where Joe Flacco has to throw it a ton because the Bears run defense is so good is a problem. Texans run defense isn't anything crazy. I think Flacco will play smart, rely on his run. Uh, he'll pick his spots in the air, and I think he wins on the road and gets the Browns just a monster win for the playoffs here. Yeah, this has huge playoff implications, especially with Baltimore probably holding on to the AFC North right now. Uh, both these teams are fighting for wild, wild card spots. I do think both of these teams will find their way into the playoffs, but this game will probably determine who faces who in terms of the divisional champions. I think Cleveland wins this one. Joe Flacco, he had like 212 yards in the, only the fourth quarter against Chicago. He was bottled up the first three quarters, but because of all the fatigue, I'm guessing, and the lack of offense from Chicago, Cleveland was able to just get a lot of momentum offensively. They were able to balance their run and pass. Joe Flacco just made the Bears pay, and I think the Bears' defense is better than Houston's defense. So I'm thinking Joe Flacco probably goes for another 300-yard game. I think Amari Cooper has another solid game, probably finds the end zone again. Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt are going to be splitting carries. I think they're both going to have solid uh, days against a decent Houston defense. And like I said before, Mark Cooper is going to be really good as well. Flacco, I think he's going to find a way. He's going to continue his brilliance. And I think Cleveland comes out on top. Yeah, I'm expecting Cleveland to come out on top too. Um, Joe Flacco has been very good recently. And I agree with you, Josh. I think he's been their best quarterback on the season. I think the Browns will be able to run this game. They haven't been able to recently. I think the Browns get a big win. Flacco gets a big win. Not only improves his coach's odds at coach of the year, but he might be coming back on DeMar Hamlin for that comeback player of the year. So Flacco's been great. Um, most likely no CJ Stroud for the Texans in this one. I don't think a loss actually hurts the Texans' playoff chances that much. I think it's week 18 against the Colts is a big game. They need to win one of these next two games going into that one. Case Keenum, he didn't throw an intercept. He did throw an interception last week. They had three straight games without a turnover. I think they're the lowest in the NFL in giveaways right now. So Browns most likely won't be able to turn them over. But if they can shut this Texans offense down, we saw last week they were limited to a lot of field goals. I think the Browns will be able to score enough points to win this game pretty easily. All right, moving on then. 
Jags at Bucks. Uh, the Bucks have been playing pretty well as of late, like I spoke about before. Uh, they're out here fighting for the NFC South. Uh, with the Saints, they've been playing well, especially on defense. We saw last uh game against the Packers, uh, that we just spoke of. He Baker Mayfield went off against that Packers defense. I could see him doing maybe a similar thing against his Jags team. Their defense has been pretty shaky recently. First half of the season, they were a phenomenal unit. They helped carry this Jags team to a great record, and now they're starting to fall off a bit. I could see the Bucks, uh, and Baker who are soaring right now on offense. Uh, definitely. T- uh taking some of the wind out of the sails of this Jags team and losing the game that they probably wouldn't have think they should have lost. Um, the Jags have been very good on the road. They're five and one this season. That does make me want to pick them. Uh, but I'm going to just follow the trend here and I'm going to go bucks over the Jags. Uh, I'm actually going to go against uh, your logic there. I'm going to go with Jacksonville. I think their defense, like you said, in the first part of the season, they played really well. I think they step back up again. I think Baker comes back down and regresses towards the mean of what he normally plays like. I don't think we're going to see another 381 yard, four touchdown game out of him. He's probably going to turn the ball over one or two more times this game than he did last game. And I think Trevor Lawrence continues to build on some uh, late game momentum that he gained last game. And he's going to only get healthier and healthier from the rest of the season. So I hope ETN really picks back up where he left off in the first half of the year. I wish I could predict he's going to go nuts this game to really uh, round out this Jags offensive unit. But I think Trevor Lawrence is going to do a bulk of the heavy lifting for this offense for the foreseeable future. So I'm going with Jacksonville. Um, Jacksonville currently 0-3 in December after turning the season 8-3. and uh, All three losses have been to AFC North teams. They are luckily, I think, done with the AFC North. Trevor Lawrence is not practicing today. Still status up in the air with the concussion. They said he's progressing, but it's it's really hard to predict with the concussions. And these past two weeks, he's really been a turnover machine. Two fumbles against the Ravens last week. Had three interceptions the week before against the Browns. Um, luckily for the Jags, they are 6-1 and one versus AFC South or NFC South teams. So that they have been good there, but they've not been playing good recently. Um Buccaneers have surrendered 263 passing yards per game this year in the NFL, 31st. Uh, their pass defense has struggled. They've stiffened up in the red zone. They've been pretty good there. Um, but Bucks, they haven't beat a team with a winning record yet this season. I think that changes this week. Baker Mayfield's been playing very good. If C.J. Beathard's playing, I don't view this Jags team as a winning team. I'm going to – it's hard to predict. I think if Trevor Lawrence plays the Jags win, if he doesn't, I think the Bucks win pretty easily. I just think he's not – I don't know. I just think the Bucs are going to win. I'm not going to predict uh, if Trevor Lawrence plays or not. I think the Bucs win anyways. All right, moving on here then to Cardinals at Bears. Uh, the Bears defense has been playing pretty well as of late, like we spoke about, especially in the run game. They've been playing super well. Kyler has been up and down. He's had some good games. He's had some bad games. Uh, we don't really know what we're seeing out of Kyler. Is he playing this week? Do we know that? I would imagine so. I'm, he did I come was- back last week. Yeah, I wasn't sure if he was still banged up after that. But regardless, he's been up and down. Bears offense, I could see them maybe having some struggles. This Cardinals defense has been pretty scrappy uh, all season long. They've hung in some games. They've gotten some stops, gotten some turnovers. Uh, I just think overall you got a team, Arizona, a dome team, going into Chicago in December. Tough recipe for them. I think the Bears are a slightly better team. So I'm going to go with the Bears. Yeah, I'm going with the Bears as well. Uh, I think Chicago's roster itself is actually quite solid. Uh, a lot of their starters have had great years this year. Guys like Jalen Johnson, TJ Edwards, uh, Montez Sweat, DJ Moore, Cole Komet. A lot of their star players are playing as stars. 
And that's something you really want to see as a team who's sitting near the bottom of the league. And they have some really good draft capital, a lot of cap space to really uh, top off all their depth and maybe add a couple more stars going into next season. Obviously, quarterback is the big question mark, but I think Fields and his legs are going to tear up this Cardinals defense. I don't think anyone's really going to be able to contain that. I don't like Arizona's pass rush too much. Fields is going to probably get around a lot of that. I think DJ Moore is going to have a really nice bounce back game. He was not on the injury report today from what I saw after being on it with an ankle injury all of last week and actually taking a few more plays off than I uh, originally thought he did looking back at the game uh, from Cleveland. So I think Chicago wins this one. Like you said, it's a dome team going into a cold uh, stadium. And yeah, I think Chicago wins this one. Yeah, that's something I don't like when those teams come to the cold weather environments up here by Chicago. Uh, I think this Bears team plays better when there's no pressure on them at all. And I think at this point, there really is no pressure on the Bears team. They're not going to make the playoffs. They have really no chance. Um, but I could also at the same time see them just giving up on the season and just not going out there and playing tough. I don't see the Cardinals team giving up at all. I think they're going to go out and give max effort. But like I said, I think this Bears team no pressure on them. They're going to come out and Justin Fields is going to have a good game. And Bears fans are going to think maybe he's a franchise quarterback again um, and look to draft Marvin Harrison instead of Caleb Williams. So I think the Bears win this one and flip right back to Justin Fields being the franchise quarterback. That's how that's how it goes over there. But uh, moving on here, wish this game got flexed to Sunday Night Football. Cowboys at Dolphins. Uh, we're dealing with Pats at Broncos Sunday Night Football. I'm not sure how we didn't get this. Could have been a pretty foreseeable flex for the NFL. I don't know how that's, this didn't happen, but um, regardless, we get it in the 325 slate. Um, the Dolphins are very good at home. As we know, they play very well uh, in the warm weather, and they have this entire uh, tenure that they've had with this group. Um, it's going to be popular to pick the Dolphins here, I think, because the last week the Dolphins played great, took care of business. Cowboys got dismantled by the Bills on the road. Uh, everybody likes to talk about how the Cowboys are so good at home and they suck on the road. Uh, I know the Cowboys are underdogs once again in this game. I think the Cowboys are just going to bounce back. I I just don't see them looking as poor as they did against the Bills uh, in Miami. Um, I think they're going to uh, show out better. I think Miami's defense, although they are really good at times, they've shown that they can be fragile, and teams have come back and beaten them in games. You can't really be fragile against the Cowboys. I think the Bills had more to lose than the Dolphins do in this game. I think that plays a big factor. The Cowboys, I think, bounce back, adjust, and I think they win in Miami. Uh, I'm actually going with Miami in this one. If it were in Dallas, I think it would be a different story just because Jerry World seems to have some sort of mystical effect on how the Cowboys' offense plays. But that doesn't mean Dallas is just absolutely putrid on the road. I think last week was somewhat of a fluke of a road performance. Uh, Buffalo's defense is not that good, mainly because of just the injuries that they have. Von Miller's not at 100%. They've been missing Milano all year, uh, Trey White all year. So I think that was just a little hiccup. I think Dallas does have a really nice bounce back game, but Miami, they're probably getting Tyree Kill back. Uh, Jalen Waddle's coming off an excellent performance in the absence of Tyree Kill. And Raheem Mostert and Devon A-Chain or A-Chan are both phenomenal running backs who complement each other really well. They work well within the Mike McDaniel system. And yeah, I think the home team just prevails in this one. Um, yeah, both very good team. Dolphins finally get to play a good team. Uh, neither team has been good against teams with a winning record. Cowboys are one and three. They beat the Eagles uh, at losses to the Niners, Bills, and Eagles. That's three good losses. 
But the Dolphins are 0-3 against teams above 500, and they have lost by an average of 16.3 points in those games. Their last win against a winning team is October 2022. It's been a while. Um, they do hopefully get back Tyree Kill this week. That is very important to this offense, um, obviously. Cowboys, they have given up just 176.9 passing yards per game this year. That's fourth fewest in the NFL. I think this Miami high-potent passing offense is going to be slowed down a little bit. Um, the game is in Miami, which is a big fact. We've talked about how the Cowboys are a lot better of a home team, but I think they're able to bounce back from that loss to the Bills. I think they're going to find a way to go down to Miami. They're going to slow down the passing game, and Dak's going to have a solid bounce-back week with this offense, get the ball to CeeDee Lamb a lot, Jake Ferguson. And I think the Cowboys team find a way to win and stay in contention to win their division. All right, moving on here to Pats at Broncos. Uh, like I said, this game is not going to be fun Sunday night football. Uh, the Broncos are better on offense, but we've seen at times they struggled. The Lions defense played them really, really well last week. A uh, defense that has not been playing a ton of teams really well. They locked down the Broncos for most of that game overall. Uh, the Pats defense uh, is pretty good, actually. I think they're... Uh, a lot better than people give them credit for. The offense just puts them in horrible spots. Otherwise, they'd be top of the NFL in a lot of stats. Um, I think mile high plays a factor here. Going into mile high in prime time is going to be tough uh, for the Pats. I think this game ends up being a lot closer than people think, though. Uh, the Broncos, they have their moments. The Pats also have their moments, especially defensively. If the Pats can put together a couple drives, just a couple drives of Bailey Zappi, they'll be in this game. Uh, but overall, I'm going to give the edge to the Broncos. Yeah, like you said, this is going to be a lot closer of a game than some may initially think. I do think Denver does come out on top. I think Russell Wilson plays good enough just to not turn the ball over. Cortland Sutton's probably going to have another one of those crazy touchdown catches or just catches in general in this game. Unfortunately, New England, they just don't have an answer at quarterback on the roster. Maybe they'll find, they'll find it in Caleb Williams or Drake May come next April. But as of now, I can't really consciously pick New England in any game they play. They look pitiful. It's the same with the Chargers. So I'm going with Denver. Yeah, it's a, basically a must win for Denver to keep any chance they have at the playoffs alive. Uh, I think their defense will have a bounce back performance after their struggles last week against the Lions. I talked about it before the game that their secondary and pass rush has looked very good recently. And I think both those bounce back against this abysmal Patriots offense. Uh, the Patriots defense, they've also been very good. We've talked about it. Um, it'll be a low scoring game. Uh, the Broncos are less likely to turn the ball over, though. Uh, I think the Patriots are going to have a few turnovers, give the Broncos a couple short fields, and Russell Wilson is going to know to just limit the turnovers, find a way to win this game. And looking at the Broncos' schedule, uh, they still have the Patriots this week, Chargers next week, and then the Raiders. That could easily be three wins, get them to 10 wins, and they will still likely not make the playoffs at 10 wins. So the AFC is just a, it's a tough uh, go for that wild card right now. Yep. Staying in the AFC, we'll move on to the first of three Christmas Day games, Raiders at Chiefs. Uh, the Raiders tend to struggle in Arrowhead. They've lost nine of their last ten there. Uh, the Raiders' defense, I've been praising them for a while now. that They're playing super well. This Chiefs' offense, as we know, has been struggling to their standard uh, basically all season. I could see them, the Raiders' defense actually slowing the Chiefs down, making this a low-scoring tight game, something like 20-6 to six or 20-10 to 10 or Something in that range, I could see that being. But Patrick Mahomes is just lethal in these division games. He's dominated this division since he got in it. I think the Raiders are going to really struggle to score against Kansas City, who has one of the best defenses in the league. They put up 63 last week. 
Uh, but overall, we've seen this Raiders offense struggle whenever they play a good defense. I think the Raiders do lose this game, uh, but I think their defense has the ability to keep them in it. Yeah, like you said, Mahomes just dominates against the entire AFC West this year. Uh, I believe one of his better games, according to uh, just this season standards for Mahomes, has been against was against the Raiders. I don't remember exactly the final score. Wasn't it like thirty-one or to seventeen or something like that? I think so it was somewhere. Raiders went up there. early and then they like never scored again. Right. I think he sniped it. But he sniped it. But it was uh yeah, Chiefs played really well in the second half. I believe Kelsey had that was probably his most recent good game as well. And since then he hasn't really done too much. So I think Mahomes and Kelsey, I think they get back on track. Uh, this Raiders team, they, they are riding really high after a 42-point win on Thursday night. However, I don't think that they'll be able to replicate that. And I think Kansas City is just going to stuff them on defense. And Kansas City really has a chance to gain some momentum going into the playoffs where they're probably going to have to play in the wild card round for the first time in a while. Yep, Christmas morning here in, uh, on this one. Weather around 50 degrees. It is supposed to rain from Sunday to Tuesday, so this game will be on a pretty slippery, muddy field in Kansas City. I didn't like what I saw from the Chiefs offense necessarily last week. Uh, Rashi Rice looked great, but overall, it's just still kind of looked like it was struggling. But when you look at the numbers, they're seventh in total offense, 358 yards per game. They're third in passing, 10th in points. Their offense, it looks like it's struggling, but it has still been solid. And defensively, they've been very good. They have the fifth-ranked passing defense, only giving up 182 yards per game, 13th in rushing. Third in total points allowed. They only allow about 17 and a half points per game. Um, the Chiefs team, they look like they're struggling, but they're still putting up good numbers. They're still winning games. Uh, and the Raiders, they had their best performance of the year last week against the Chargers. They're not going to go against a team that's just going basically not even a competitive football team like the Chargers were last week. I think the Chiefs win this one pretty easily, but uh, something to note for Max Crosby, he's three sacks away to surpass Derek Burgess um, for most sacks in a single season in franchise history. So three games left, I think he gets that pretty easily, and hopefully he can stay healthy to do it. Do we know yet if he's going to be on Team White or Team Black for the <laughs> Mendenhall Pro Bowl? He's, he's got to be on Team White, man. He's yeah, got to I mean, be on Team White. I've seen both sides. I've seen both sides of it. <laughs> but whatever. That was a a crazy topic in the NFL world recently, but moving on here, giants at Eagles, uh, Eagles absolutely have to win this game at home against an inferior team. Uh, the giants and DeVito, they struggled last week on the road in new Orleans. I expect them to struggle again in Philly this week. Uh, like I've said, when backup quarterbacks shine, they get their moment in the spotlight. They have a couple good games, usually in prime time. Um, and then the fall goes bad quick. I expect that to probably happen with DeVito here. Um, he, his agent is now uh, – Sean Salato is now his on-field agent only, and he signed with a new agency for off-field stuff. So we should still see see Sean uh, Salato on the sideline for the Giants, which would be cool. That dude's a, He's a legend, Italian-American Hall of Fame. Um, but Eagles match up uh, pretty well overall versus Giants team. They're at home. Uh, I think they're going to win this game and finally get a bounce back, but I'm still not sold on them at all. Yeah, Jalen Hurts is just going to have to prove to us, or me specifically, that he can take care of the ball and really command this offense, even without uh, – oh, not even without, but with a new OC compared to last year. Uh, the Giants is a perfect game to really just get back, get the reins under control, and just 
just dominate from the point of attack, honestly. They're on a three-game slide, lost to San Fran, Dallas, and then Seattle, two of which they were probably expected to lose, but I don't think not many people saw Seattle coming in or them going into Seattle and just dominating the way that they did or not dominating the way dominating the way that they did. I'm all confused right now, but I do think Philly has a really good chance to bounce back. Uh, gain some momentum going into the playoffs, and the Giants is a perfect team to do it against. They match up really well against them. Yeah, I'm not expecting much from the Giants in this one. I think the Eagles' defense maybe has a get-right game and is able to shut down DeVito a little bit. Um, I'm curious to see if Jalen Hurts will still be sick for this game. He seems to be sick very often. Um, that could affect their offense, and I can't help but look at their offensive struggles this season. They haven't looked like the same team last year. They haven't been able to run the ball as much. Maybe that's because of the loss of Miles Sanders and DeAndre Swift isn't as good. But I can't look at the Colts' success on offense this year and not look at how good Shane Steichen's been. This offense is desperately missing Shane Steichen. Um, he was just a great play. He's been a great play caller in Indy. And this Eagles offense just hasn't had the same juice that they had last year. But I think they're able to win this one. Um, they have the tush push still. I think they'll be able to just move enough on this Giants offense, score enough points to find a way to win it. All right, moving on here to our last game, Ravens at 49ers. Uh, what a phenomenal game this is. Just looking at the logos next to each other just gives me nostalgia from the Super Bowl. Uh, just a good visual game overall, good jersey matchup. Uh, the 49ers feel like just like an upgraded version of the Ravens to me. Both teams are solid on both sides of the ball. The Niners are just better at defense and better at offense. They both have a lot of stars. The Niners go star for star with them and beat them in basically every position but quarterback. Um, I love the Niners. They're my Super Bowl favorite for sure. Um, I'm picking uh, San Francisco in all scenarios, even if this game is in Baltimore, even if this game is a neutral uh, site of the Super Bowl. I'm picking the 49ers, especially at home here. Uh, I think they win pretty easily, and I think they win maybe by more than people think. I really hope this doesn't turn into one of those uh, Cowboys uh, Niners games or Eagles. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. Where San Fran just looks immortal and then a good team goes up against a great team and just looks terribly just bad. I hope this is like a 23 to 27 ball game coming into the fourth quarter. Just absolute slugfest, heavyweights, trade and blows. I That's what I'm hoping it's going to be. Unfortunately, I think it's going to turn into one of those games where San Francisco just dominates from the, the first kickoff. And I'm taking San Fran in this one. Like you said, they match up really well outside of quarterback in terms of just positional battles. Uh, it all depends on what Baltimore defense we see as well, but they've been very inconsistent and against a really good offense. I don't see the good Baltimore defense showing up, so I'm going San Fran. Yeah, just a great Christmas night game in San Francisco. That's a long way from Baltimore, a long flight. 49ers are averaging 30.4 points per game, 402 yards per game, which are both top three in the NFL. And the Ravens' defense, they're only allowing 16 points per game, um, which is first in the NFL. So it's a matchup of a great defense versus a great offense. It's going to be something to watch. And the Ravens' offense, 163.8 yards on the ground this year. That's first in the NFL by more than 20 yards. They're 9-1 and one when they rush for at least 130 yards, 1-2 and two when they don't. And the Niners are 1-2 and two this year when they surrender more than 130 yards on the ground. Nine and one when they hold a team to under 130. So I think that's a big number to watch for this game. I think it's going to be a close game, actually, but I think the Ravens are going to struggle to run the ball. 49ers have, are a top three run defense in the NFL this year. The only issue I have with picking the 49ers is Lamar Jackson's very 
very successful against the NFC, 19 and one against the NFC. But I just think this 49ers team is just too good. They have no weaknesses, really. And I think they win this game. But Lamar owns the NFC, so we'll see. Lamar hasn't had to play the NFC All-Stars yet, though. So That's true. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it goes when he plays them. But as always, we'll finish off this episode with some betting picks for this week. Uh, my picks I got here, I got Cowboys money line. Like I said, I picked them against the Dolphins. They're one-and-a-half-point dogs. Uh, I'll just take them overall. Uh, no point taking the one-and-a-half. So I'll take Cowboys money line. And then the game we just spoke about, 49ers-Ravens. Um, I think the Niners are going to win by a touchdown. I think they could blow out the Ravens. So I'm going to take the minus five and a half as it sits right now. Uh, I only got one main betting pick. I'm kind of scrambling last minute here. Kind of forgot about this segment. Uh, I'm taking Bears minus four against the Cardinals. Uh, I think that they probably win by a touchdown. I think they're going to be frustrated after blowing that game last week. We've seen after they blow games that they come back and actually play pretty well in the following weeks. So I think that their defense is going to get a lot of takeaways on Kyler, who's been inconsistent this year, still trying to find his uh, get his legs back under him after coming back from that injury. And yeah, I think the Bears, their offense is definitely back on track because they're not playing any Cleveland Browns defense this week. So I'm going Bears minus four. Uh, I'm going to go Bills minus 12. Um, I just think this Chargers team is dead. I think this Bills team is getting hot, and I'm usually good at picking large spreads like this. And I just think they get the job done. For my second one, I'm going to go Colts plus one. I think they win this game outright. Um, the Colts being underdogs in this game, when I just think they're the better team overall, is very surprising to me. We just got the news. Jonathan Taylor, full participant in practice today. It is just a walkthrough. And Michael Pittman was also limited, but him practicing is a great sign. So I think the Colts are going to win this one. All right, so that about does it for this episode of the Engage 8 podcast. Uh, as always, like we said in the beginning, don't forget to like and subscribe. Follow us on our socials in the description. Uh, the Spotify link is there as well uh, for short form content. Or sorry, TikTok is there for short form content. Spotify is there for any audio needs that you have. Uh, we will be back on Monday or t- actually, I'm not even going to bullshit. We don't know when we'll be back. It'll be somewhere <laughs> in the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday range. With Christmas, we're trying to figure out everybody's schedules and when we can record. But we will at some point be recording a recap of the games that we just talked about. Uh, And until then, we'll see everybody in the next one. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas.